0: It is just as authentic to choose a positive, uplifting, moving forward response as it is a downtrodden, depressed, um, this is the end of the world response. Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show, where we aim to touch, move and inspire you every single week. Really? We're really going to introduce our own show?
1: Maybe we should leave it to the pro. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, one second, ladies. Here we go. Sarah Maxwell and Natalie Cook are experts in visualization and deliberate use of the law of attraction. As dynamic world athletes representing Canada and Australia in beach volleyball, they honed in on achievement at the highest level. Winning an Olympic gold medal on her home beach of Bondi is a pinnacle example. Their powerful techniques transmute the spiritual to the tangible, allowing thousands of their community members to bring their vision boards to life. Recently, they've taken their expertise on the road as the full-time family, where they inspire, coach, and lead people to create their unique, deliberate family life using a simplified three-step process. Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show. Join us for twice-weekly episodes. Each week, Nat and Sarah will teach us how to deliberately create results in all areas of life using their unique three-step process. Not only that, they'll also sit down with some of their favorite high achievers who have manifested what most merely dream about. Are you a member of the community? Go to bit.ly/slash the Nat and Sarah Show to download your three-step journal to follow along with each workshop style teaching episode and get ready to take action on your inspirations.
2: Hey dreamers, we are now well into the new year of 2019. Before we go on to step two and talking about moving forward, let's go back and review last week on creating your new life story. So hopefully you printed out the worksheet if you're the good student, or not only if you're a good student, if you actually want your dreams to come true this year, you've printed out your worksheet, you um, wrote and wrote and wrote and created a new life story, and then you picked up on the point that there is no point reading it and rereading it unless you're in an energetic peak, achieving, dreaming state, right? You can't go reading it when you're feeling grumpy and frumpy and not happy about where you are in your life because that's only going to keep you there.
0: So for those of you that are wondering where my majestic voice is in 2019, I'm here. <laughs> I just thought you'd all want to know that I've made a point of not interrupting that as much. What a resolution. So I've already gotten to this far, so now it doesn't matter what happens next. Phew, good job, Sarah. <laughs> um, yes, so that was basically one whole minute of not interrupting. So yay me. High five myself high five and high Matt. Okay. So step two, act as if. Hmm. Let's ponder this phrase because Nat and I already had some words about whether we call step two act as if or fake it till you make it. So Nat, um, in your career, you have been very famous for talking about fake it till you make it. And then I came along and I had some thoughts about fake it till you make it. But let's just go with what you use. So how did fake it till you make it actually work for you in your career? Like why was that successful? Why does that even matter?
2: Well, this is the really important part of this three-step process, this middle bit. The chunk is that you can have a dream, you can have a story, you can even... You know, have a plan and map it all out. But unless you hold yourself in the right mental, physical and emotional space, right? It is not just physiology. It is physiology, it is mentality and it is also spiritual and emotional. Unless you get that space right and you walk along the journey in that space, you're not going to move from a current present reality into the dream, living the dream, unless you get that right. So for me it was fake it till you make it. I liked the language. (laughs) I thought it was cool and I used it the whole way through my career until, as you've heard from Sarah, she came in as a neurolinguistic master programmer (laughs) and wanted to change the wording. And, you know, there's been a lot through scientific research and, and everyone from Tony Robbins to Amy Cuddy to other people talking about this topic Um, that want to use different words at the end of the day whatever you want to refer to it as fake it till you make it act as if it is about holding a space from the moment your eyes open in the morning to the moment you lay your head on the pillow of positivity certainty belief that this dream of yours is going to come to fruition now Hold on. Okay. I, I didn't on.
0: even interrupt. Did you, you were going that? to.
2: You're she pre- took a breath. I'm, I knew
0: she was going to interrupt. Yeah, you preempted. I preempted. <laughs> so yeah, she's living in my my like old reality. It doesn't mean
2: that things won't go to plan. It doesn't mean that you don't have bad moments and you have doubt and fear and all of those. That still is present. It's what you do when that shows up. It's how you hold yourself. So I'll give you a volleyball specific example. You hit the ball out, the common human tendency is physiologically is to slump your shoulders and mentally is to um, say that was stupid and emotionally is to feel sorry for yourself. So there's the three perfect storm of negativity, right? And and as you hit the ball out, all that happens at once. Not only that, the crowd responds, the opposition responds and the referee tells you you lost the point. Loser right so that's all going on so within 12 seconds you got to pull yourself together you got to fake it that you actually did okay because the next ball is being fired at you so you got to trick the brain you got to trick the heart you got to trick the emotional center that you actually did better than actually what happened so this is the fake it part and the only other choice is to feel like a loser and to feel like it didn't work and to feel like the actions you just took towards your dream didn't work. And that is a
0: self-fulfilling prophecy as well. So what did your opponents think when you acted like the ball was in when it was really out?
2: Well, let me tell you the story about that. So our success coach, Kirk Ashley, he got us for a full tournament, like this was public this people watching this is fans this is prize money on the line that when we hit the ball out we would jump and cheer we would fake it like we won the point full on 100 percent not half asked and not like you know woohoo on the sideline it was like when we hit the ball out it was woohoo, yahoo, big high fives awesome and tricking the body into feeling like it actually did win the point because when you do that you're all primed and pumped and you're, you're going to show up even better for the next point. So what this did to the opposite, the opposition's all confused. They're like looking at me going, we won the point. And I'm saying, I know, big thumbs up, big cheesy grin going, good job. Again, keeping the brain and the heart tricked like it won so that it can show up as powerful next time. It confused the opposition. It confused the referee. It confused the public confused it you. confused me which is actually <laughs> perfect. the perfect point otherwise I would feel upset I hit mm. it out I would slump my shoulders and I would not be in a good state mm. to make the next point the best it could be so we had 12 seconds to reset and we used the fake it till you make it physiology um, emotional and mental really quickly had to happen like that right you had no time to dwell and the fake it bit is you actually don't believe, you think you're an idiot right? This is a paradox. At the same time, half of my brain's sort of going, what are you doing? Which is the question you're asking me, what are you doing? And the opposition's asking me. And the other half is buying into this, building and cultivating the
0: belief to create a new reality. So something I hope people are extracting from this example is that To act depressed or slump your shoulders or be in a low mood when something doesn't go your way is also a choice, but often it's our default position. We actually don't even see it as a choice. It feels like something that just happens to us. Whereas I love your example of having to get in front of this moment and choose differently, choose in line with your goals or your dreams or where you want to be. And I think that. I hope people really get that that's what we're talking about here. And this language, it doesn't matter whether you call it fake it till you make it or act as if, the only value with us calling it step two as act as if is that it may smooth over this feeling of being authentic. Meaning it is just as authentic to choose a positive, uplifting, moving forward response as it is a downtrodden depressed, um, this is the end of the world response. So so that's where, to me, it's like whatever help, helps you smooth it out so that you actually go for it and you look, to be honest, it's probably not that smooth. This is very new. Like yeah, new You're probably and... reacting to the word smooth right away going, it ain't
2: smooth. <laughs> it's clunky and bumpy and new and it doesn't feel good in the beginning. Like I did feel inauthentic. But at some point you've got to take those steps and Act as if, fake it till you make it until the needle goes from inauthenticity till you wake up one day and you go, oh, my God, I actually feel different. You have to change the biochemistry of your body through this. Now, clearly, Sarah, you won the fight because the step two is called act as if. So ne- neurolinguistically, I win. you won the fight. Although in my book, it's still called fake it till you make it. So whatever it is. Again, and this is the most important part because you can write an awesome, creative, innovative, exciting, fun dream on your piece of paper from last week's worksheet, but unless you do this step, unless you hold strong, and and even when your own brain tells you that it's not going to plan, let alone other people saying you can't do that, that's impossible, why are you even trying, you're not good enough, you're too tall, you're too fat, you're too small, whatever that language is, whether it's your language or someone else's, unless you can hold this space, and it is tiring. It's not an easy thing. This is the practice. This bit was as important as me digging, setting, and spiking the volleyball.
0: So, Nat, before there was Amy Cuddy's TED Talk on power posing, you know, it got 46 million views, which was apparently the second most popular TED Talk in history. So, what I get about this whole idea of this Superman pose or the power pose is that people are clearly interested, um, intrigued, desiring to know more about posture about acting as if um and and really you know acting as if the only value of using the word act versus fake is that to me the word fake implies that it's not real and we're going to talk in a moment not yet but in a moment about reality and perhaps reality can be sculpted a lot more than people really understand so firstly amy Cuddy. so look I was looking it up a little bit because I was curious about her study and the fact that so many people were intrigued by it. And so what was said was that the evidence of power posing came from a study that Cuddy completed when she was at Harvard. And the participants sat either in a high power pose, so imagine like an expansive open posture, or a low power pose. Annette kind of talked about shoulder slumps. This is like leaning inward and your legs crossed. So everything is sort of like Closed. Closed up, right? And they, both, both of these individuals or participants sat there for two minutes. So Cuddy found that those who sat in the high power post, the expansive posture, they felt more powerful and they performed better in mock interviews than those who had not. And the study also suggested that those who adopted this high-power open pose demonstrated an increase in testosterone and a decrease in cortisol. So cortisol is generally associated with, you know, a stress as a stress hormone. Um, and so this is really interesting. Like, you know, I get a little bit excited as someone who studied biopsychology at university and really was getting into the chemicals of the brain. This idea that the way that we hold ourselves affects the chemistry of our body. Now, I definitely think I perhaps took the wrong thing at university because the chemicals were really about studying rats and seeing what the chemicals of rats and removing their ovaries and doing all sorts of things that had nothing to do to do with this amazing study of power posing that gets me excited. However, we did do one semester on biofeedback. So way back in 2000, back in the old ages when I graduated, um, biofeedback was sort of like a new topic. And this was the one area where I thought, hey, maybe I'm in the right subject. And only because it lasted a semester is very disappointing. But what it was talking about was how the postures of our body and how the way that we um, behave can affect the chemistry of our body so this was in 2000 sort of like groundbreaking work so one of the ways that I use this in my career and after learning about Nat's story was through smiling and I challenge anybody to smile and feel bad now I mean that's not scientific because you don't know what your chemistry is doing but I just challenge you to trial it so like Nat with thinking a ball that was out was actually in, I used to stand at the net and have this big cheesy grin on my face, no matter what was happening in the game. And especially when things felt like they weren't going my way, meaning I was in my default position. I I would literally trigger myself to smile at the net. And I can't even tell you how it changed everything. And it's like, I obviously didn't have electrodes on me at the time to see what the chemistry of my body was doing, but thanks to Amy Cuddy, I can see that it was decreasing the stress in my body, increasing the possibility, and yeah, I would just score more points after that. And I, I would... uh, it helped me score more points too because when I played against <laughs> you,
2: watching her smile at the net made was pretty funny. Like so, it made me smile. So yeah, I it can... helped me
0: too. You like oh. transferred smiles, and you know what? People also thought I was crazy, which was really distracting. This is the best thing when you have you play a sport that has opponents. And so, yeah, like if you have crazy smile face on when you're in an interview, no matter what, it's like how distracting for the interviewer. They, <laughs> they have to feel good about you. <laughs> exactly. They
2: have, they have to. But this, you mentioned Superman before. Mm. Um, I love this character. I have my whole life. It was one of my favorite movies and the whole series I've watched. And often I watch it in my Superman outfit. Now, I talk about immersion Immersing yourself in your dreams, surrounding yourself with everything that you want, so that you can see, feel, touch, taste it. So, Superman for me, uh, not only is the posture expansive, like Amy Cuddy talks about, um, but it's also it holds a, your chest up, your head up. It's you feel in a position of power, like Superman on top of the building of Metropolis. And then, if you really think about Superman and what the character represents. Always saves the girl, right? So always saves the ball for me, <laughs> playing beach volleyball. Sorry, always- I didn't know
0: where you're going with yeah, that
2: Yeah, no, I save the girl. Always <laughs> sa- get my hand underneath the ball, save it from the ground, leap tall buildings in a single bound. When I was training, I would hang my Superman cape on the side of the court and when I felt bad as Natalie Cook, I would put my Superman cape on because it took it to a new level. Rather than just holding the pose, I would actually put my cape on and it helped me fly through the air and dive and jump harder and all of those things. And I even watched the Superman movie in my Superman outfit. So as much as you can immerse and become these characters of where you want to go and who, again, this is a fake it, right? I feel like Superman because I hold
0: that posture and be like him as often as I can playing beach volleyball. You think she's joking, but I've seen it with my own eyes. I have come home, and she's sitting on the couch in that Superman outfit. And there was another time I came home, and all of these capes were on the ground. And I was like, what are you doing? Who's measuring out capes? Because that's just not normal. But that's not normal. She's extraordinary. So what were you doing, Matt? I was designing my own cape.
2: I figured I had... (laughs) Um, imitated Superman enough and I was designing my own cape. I think I'd go back to Superman, actually. Like, he was much cooler.
0: Red, Red flies faster. So, here's how all of you can really get into this in a way that's going to affect change in your life. The worksheets that we created that are in the Facebook group, um... So those of you that are not on the Facebook group yet, you go to bit.ly slash The Nat and Sarah Show. And in the file section, you actually have worksheets for each workshop episode that we do. So every Tuesday, we have worksheets that accompany. Because for us, we're really passionate about being able to take these concepts or these ideas or maybe even some of these laughs and have them affect change in your life. So. The worksheets that we created were a real um, snippet. It's a really short snippet of a workshop, a business workshop actually, that we've um, created for others as well as attended and we're asking you to choose people in your life who you admire and what their characteristics are and then from there you really want to discover how you think they would tackle your dream. And you want to make these people visual for you because if these are the people that are hanging out on your shoulder instead of your negative Nancy or your, you know, doubting Denise or I should be having some guy's name on here but, you know. Doubting Donald. Doubting Donald. (laughs) That made me think of something else but I won't go there. Anyways, instead of having those people on your, your shoulders, you actually can wrap these people, like almost step into their body, step into their shoes and ask yourself, you know, how would they tackle this dream? So Nat, I know in a workshop you, a business workshop, um, or maybe it was a marketing workshop. You actually came up with some of the people that you admire and their characteristics. So yeah, you've probably heard us talk before about you become the sum of the
2: five people you hang around with the most. And I often say that it doesn't have to be physically present people in your life. They can be, um, like I know for Sarah, one was Oprah. Oprah was present in her life every day, the talkback show, 25 years. We even got the box set. She made me watch the box set. Oprah became very influential. So if you would, if you can have some of these influential people and powerful people on your team as the top five you hang out with because you either listen to their podcast or you interact on Twitter or, or Facebook or social media or you just embody what strengths and characteristics you admire about them. So two of mine, and this is it. These two characters probably have a similar personality, so I'm going to contrast them with somebody else in a minute. So I would one of the problems I would have in my life it is difficult to solve a problem with the thought process that got you into the problem. So my thinking made it difficult for my thinking to get me out of it. So I would go okay, what would Pink do? Now Pink's one of my favorites. How would
0: Pink tackle this problem? Now, I know you're all imagining. And never mind that she has a woman crush on Pink. This one yeah, is yeah. about who she is as a professional, Natalie? Well, we're going
2: to see Pink in Paris in July. Very exciting. Sarah's accompanying me so that I don't get backstage.
0: And, who, that, and That's your a, favorite song that's at the moment. Total,
2: yeah. Well, my favorite and Jordan's, and it appears to be yours, <laughs> is A Million Dreams, which, of course, we've made the theme of our show, the Nat and Sarah Show's theme song. Is A Million Dreams by Pink and Willow, for those that have seen that YouTube. But anyway, imagine Pink sort of standing there tackling any of the problems you have. You get a very different outcome than even the way I would, Natalie Cook would tackle it. Or imagine how Serena Williams would hit the tennis ball. If you're struggling playing tennis, imagine yourself as Serena Williams and how she would hit the tennis ball. And then, so they can give you very different Ideas. They make think outside the box of what they would do, and then it's your
0: job to act as if and do it. But but just to take it out of sport for a second, it's how would Serena act when Nat was walking into her political meeting? <laughs> because like these were the ways that you were taking these people, let's say a singer and an athlete, and asking yourself like, how would they solve potentially like a diplomatic or a political? problem yeah well business probably
2: pink and serena wouldn't be helpful there they would go about it but it's someone like nelson mandela right if you need to be in a heart space and you need gratitude and you need inclusiveness then you might be looking at how nelson mandela might tackle a problem right so sometimes you need a suite that's why at least five and write down the people you admire and the characteristics now they can be superheroes too if you don't like Superman, then pick the whole Avengers because at different times you might need Thor or Iron Man or any of them to come in and help you. And that's the – like if I had Serena tackle some of my political sensitive
0: problems, they might end up with a tennis ball in their head, which might not be helpful. And, and I think it, it just depends um, – if you're somebody who's generally timid and sits back and feels um, like overrun by others – people like Pink or Serena can be fantastic in order to assert yourself and and really have an expansive posture. Because basically what I get from Pink and Serena is that they would show up to the meeting and the interview in an expansive posture. Okay. So I'm not talking so much about, Oh, how is her, you know, her forehand in the meeting? It's like, no, what kind of posture would they show up to that meeting? And how would they actually, you know, rock up and, and deliver? So, Nat is re- currently reading the book Unshakable, and she was telling me um, this quote that Gandhi said, which was, A man is but a product of his thoughts. What he thinks, he becomes. And so, in terms of one of the people that I admire, it would be someone like Gandhi, who was really wanting to shift the. He created a revolution in his country, and, and he came from a place of poverty in a country that was in disarray in India and I mean if he could take on this idea of revolutionizing a whole country and what I love so much about him is that he decided how can I be part of the solution and and you know going on a hunger strike and and actually using his own self his own example as the inspiration that would shift a whole nation I mean Gandhi is someone who I admire and, and his characteristics, I often ask myself, if a problem that I think is big, how would Gandhi feel as he was looking at a whole country, all of India, with I don't actually know the population, so I don't want to embarrass myself by um, lots. lots, 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 if he can um, contemplate that and, you know, become the change that he wishes to see in the world, Um, you know, that's the kind of person that I want on my shoulder when I'm looking to act as if,
2: and one of the quotes that I grew up with throughout my career and used it a lot was whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. And that's Henry Ford. And he was big, clearly in the automotive, um, stakes and changed the automobile so that it was accessible and available to everyone and held his ground and acted as if, even when shareholders around him were trying to get him to change the direction he wanted to take. And so this book has been great. I've loved "Unshakable" by Tony Robbins. And Tony has been a master of personal development for many years and a big proponent of peak state. And um, he has even changed some of the languaging over the last few years. So instead of energy states and peak states and low states or poor states, He's changed it to uh, different linguistics, to beautiful state and suffering state, and it's your choice, and it's up to you which one you choose, and it's just as easy to choose the beautiful state as it is to choose the suffering state. The key is the consistency of the choice, right? And Tony's a big proponent of consistent, massive action, which is also how this dream is going to come true. Consistent, massive action. And the action here is to hold this state and hold your thoughts, your physiology and your emotional state in a beautiful spot, a peak spot for as long as you can throughout the day. Now you're going to have hiccups, but it's how quickly you bring yourself back into that.
0: And I, I so want to get into this, these three words, consistent, massive action and how, in it, we'll do it in a different show because it needs that in a in a next episode. But basically, if you drop the word consistent, which a lot of people seem to drop, it's a totally different result. So we call that you know binge training or you know when you basically intermittent training,
2: <laughs> fartlek training, and and I I am good at that. I am good at massive action, spiking and peaking, and then I need a rest, right? <laughs> And so it's how the how quickly the recovery can be to make it as consistent as possible. Yeah. Whereas Sarah is super consistent. <laughs> Maybe
0: I dropped the word massive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I go consistent action. action. So it's funny how if you drop any of these words, it changes your results. Different outcome. But okay. Anyways, we're not getting, we, we did get into that, but we're going to pause that one because this today is really about coming to you from a place of this podcast is being done, stood up with energy so that Nat and I both can move. She has to, like, get out of my way when my arms are moving, and when she's talking to you, she's closer to the microphone. Um, Yeah, so there's movement. There's an expansive posture here. So there's no accident that what we want to bring to you is aligned with the message that we're expressing. And one of the teachers that I hold so dear to my heart, Nat made fun of me for many years, Abraham Hicks blasphemy to (laughs) laugh at me but since 2003 even as an athlete um Abraham Hicks says that a belief is merely a thought that you keep thinking and if you really just drink that in for a second that a belief is merely a thought that you keep thinking you really start to understand that you are the creator you are the master of your own destiny so when you were creating your own life story that is you beginning to deliberately create the thoughts that you keep thinking, which shift your belief. And it happens so much faster than you can imagine. You know, you just stringing together thoughts for 17 seconds is enough to begin. That, that's what what's required. You know, 68 seconds later, you have something that has a little bit of traction And if you really go for this, within four days, someone in your environment will comment something or reflect back to you that you are on a different track. So I really encourage you to not think this is bigger than Ben-Hur. Change happens in an instant. A belief is merely a thought you keep thinking. And when you think a thought over and over again, 17 seconds, then you group it together and group it together. You get up to 68 seconds and, and you're off and running. And Abraham Hicks is is famous for saying, you did not come to face reality, but to create reality. Like, boom, right there. Because reality is an accumulation of beliefs that a a large number of people have been thinking. That's it. That's why we have different cultures. We have different religions. It's like, it's just an accumulation of thoughts that a large group of people have been thinking. So at all times, just like Gandhi, we are at the helm of our own lives. So acting as if is how you take your power back. You know, you regain your power. And, you know, in a couple days when the conversation continues with Kathy Coover, she heads up a billion dollar company. And this woman standing at the helm, you know, she is voted one of the most influential people in direct selling. And that's because she rocks up every day and acts the way she wants it to become so you know 2002 to 2018 what's been created other people think are staggering but for her she has been living inside that reality for quite some time and creating that reality so don't forget to um, continue to plug in the interviews have been going amazing I'm so inspired and you guys are all reflecting back that these people are really speaking to you too so I'm glad we're on the same page and remember
2: this act as if or fake it till you make it process is not a week long this now continues until your dream becomes your physical reality and you manifest it. So this is a practice over and over as important as doing anything else, the practice of acting as if. And if you fall off and, it, and you're not in the right space or state, the best way to reset is to go to sleep. So lay down for a little while or go to sleep that night and go again the next day. This is the most important part.
0: So we'd like to say over and out from The Nat and Sarah Show. See ya!
1: Thank you so much for listening to the show. Don't forget to join the community at bit.ly slash The Nat and Sarah Show to download your three-step journal and participate in weekly lives found only in our private group.
0: Hold on, hold on, hold on! Five stars, five stars, five
2: stars. And then click on write a review link to actually write a review so that you can
0: tell other people that we're legit and even funny, maybe a bit serious. So if you want to recommend this to someone, you have to put your fingers on the keys and send us a review.
2: Thanks.